What is going on, people in podcast land? <laughs> if only there were more special effects in my repertoire. I'm sure I could put more special effects in. That's not a hard thing to do. Um, but, you know, my voice of special, my voice effects are great. Um, so, hey, welcome. How's it going? I hope your days are going well. I hope you, the, the months are drawing on, dragging on just, just in the appropriate amount of time. I hope you don't feel this sense of time as a fleeting thing that is disappearing faster than you can, um, you can keep track of. Um, I feel like I've kind of been in the wars with my mind and the things that I'm dealing with of recent. Um, you know, there's like things, you know, sometimes life is sticky as shit. Just got to deal with a lot of stuff. And uh, sometimes that stuff is just, you know, painful. You know, that's life. That's what it is. You know, as there is no time off from life. You do not get to uh, hit a button and uh, miraculously pause things. This is not a video game or a movie. This isn't Netflix. I can't give it a thumbs down if I don't want to see any more of it. I can't just flick past it. Life literally is going to unfold and you have to ride it out. It's a giant goddamn boat in the ocean. Many rooms, many things. Just got to deal with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, interesting. The last while, I've I've probably been mulling over things that have been sort of uh, tougher, uh, more emotionally painful. Uh, I, I things that I don't like going on. I know I'm only alluding to them, but that's just because you know at the end of the day, it's more about the higher level than it is about the detail level. And we all go through things. So I guess what I'm trying to say, we all we all suffer in a way, and. You know, have our things that we have to work through and manage and deal with, with our own failures and our own successes. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that uh, kind of was about, you know, mindset and how I look at things. It's about my emotional intelligence and my self-awareness. What the fuck am I inside of all this? What am I doing? How am I perceiving it? Am I able to understand it well enough in order to actually do a positive, worth worthwhile thing with it? What is going to be the thing I do with the troubles that I have? And more times than not, I have a great knee-jerk reaction. My emotions kick in, and I get all shitty about it, and then I kind of take a step back, and I kind of deal with it. I think uh, one of my phrases was, as I am a mature adult, I should be able to deal with things. I am uh, definitely not someone who runs from problems specifically, but um, sometimes I don't want to deal with them immediately. Sometimes I need a good old bitch about it or a big old little, little baby tantrum. Yeah, that's maybe a good way of discussing, you know, kind of calling it out. Sometimes I need to have a little tantrum every once in a while in order to get to where I want to go. I don't know what that's about, but, you know, a little bit of a dummy spit works for me, and then I can kind of get over myself and apologize or do whatever I've got to do to kind of move along and get to the next level of whatever the fuck it is got to get onto. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's a, life is a tough, tough motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's even the, even I have to laugh at that. I've... Uh, I've definitely felt it. Uh, anyway, you know, moving on. I've moved my podcast plas- platform. Uh, I don't know if this really matters to many people, um, but uh, the deal is I've moved away from SoundCloud. I'm on this thing called Podbean. I get nothing for this. Uh, I pay for it, but um, for those of you that are interested in podcasts and more podcasts and things like that, I mean, Podbean's a pretty cool little platform. It's a community. It's uh, got a whole bunch of stuff. It's an aggregate, much like iTunes and it has its own app and things like that where you can do the intelligent uh, play and the noise booster and things like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. 
it's got a thing, you know, it's uh, gamified, but uh, I moved. So it means that people on SoundCloud is going to think that I've stopped. I don't really know how to communicate to the people on SoundCloud now other than to say that I make a, a little audio thing that says I moved to, to a new thing, update your RSS feeds. So hopefully that, that works. I've done some stuff, the tech jiggery to try to make it all happen. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's just a new thing. So, you know, I'm on that. But I'm getting better data. And I'm able to see where people are coming from and uh, more of a breakdown of the platforms they use and how they're listening and, you know, stuff like that. And it's been pretty cool. It's uh, interesting to kind of get a better idea of, you know, where in the world uh, are all these listeners coming from. And in and, and looking at that, you know, I have to say it's it's surprising where people are coming from. I, you know, don't know which episodes you're listening to. Um, looks like it's uh, kind of across the catalog, which is pretty cool. But a big thank you. That's I like to shout out to the listeners, the people that are putting the time in, giving me their time, listening to these uh, fantastic tones that I put down on the microphone, and uh, and all of this craziness that I throw at you guys on a on a weekly basis. And so yeah, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Uh, apparently, someone looked at the iTunes. I had a couple more ratings, star ratings. Uh, I appreciate that. That's an awesome thing. Um, I did a text interview on this platform called Listening Notes, where um, you know they talked to me about you know like kind of the why, the what, and the how of why I'm podcasting and what have I gone through, and that was been kind of cool to articulate this experience. I started this thing in August uh, just to see how it would go, and you know this year the goal is to kind of run it for the year, see what I can get done, get these interviews in. You know, don't don't pull back. Um, if anything, I'm asking a lot more people to be on the be on the show and do the interviews and be a part of it. Um, you know, my uh, my uh, inhibition or my imposter syndrome has been lifted on that, and I'm doing more. You know, I'm just trying to get this uh, get this thing done on the regular, as the kids would say, on the reg. That sounds really bad. But anyways, that's what I'm doing. So this week I've interviewed uh, Justin Scott, who's down in the country for a one-month stint, putting on a, I guess, a hockey clinic, uh, teaching all ages the art of power skating and skills training and really uh, elevating their very specific individual and uh, structural gameplay. Um, I've been to a few of the sessions as a assistant, like a helping coach, uh, and it's been really interesting to see somebody break down the skills of a hockey player and really focus on the detail of it. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen it done before, uh, and Justin brings his own flavor of this to the mix, which uh, is good. I mean, I, I absolutely believe in power skating. It is the thing that elevated my game when I was a kid, and uh, yeah, I can't can't think of anything better to instill in a hockey player than the fundamentals of being able to ice skate in the most maximal way. Um, but nevertheless, Justin, down here we had a good chat around mindset and you know, kind of how you know your ability to you know look at the look at the world and the goals and the things that you're trying to achieve and how you participate actually matter and and play out. Um, you know, I really enjoyed this chat, uh, and uh, yeah, Justin's a great guy. You know, he and I have uh, spent a fair bit of time mucking around, just having a bit of a laugh like hockey players do. Uh, prior to this, it was kind of uh, nice to have a bit more of a formal chat with him about, you know, where, where he's at, where he's coming from, and, you know, what's he trying to get done here. Um, so, yeah, this is Justin Scott, uh, Performance Edge uh, Hockey. I feel like, I, am I getting it right? You know, that's really the thing. Uh, yeah, Performance Edge Hockey Development International is much bigger than I thought. Uh, nevertheless, I'll put the all of his details in the show notes. Um, obviously, if you want to find him, apparently he's got a great TikTok, so you should jump on there with, uh, with all of that. Nevertheless, this is my chat with Justin Scott. So have you done a podcast yet? 
No. Never done a podcast. Got her big little virgin <laughs> over here. <laughs> oh, no. Mate, Justin, this is going to be weird because I'm going to get kind of semi-professional podcast guy for a second. Yep. We've been super casual to this point. Um, Justin, welcome to the show. Thank this, you for having me. Appreciate this is a it. thing where my son tells me it's not a show, it's a podcast. I have to just call that out. He doesn't listen to this, yep. but I take the piss out of him in this show just because he did that to me when he did it. So Perfect. I did interview my son at one point, but yep. I had to take it down yep. for various reasons. So Justin, here for a whirlwind tour of hockey and teaching people things. Yes. Uh, from many different aspects, I would say. Correct. Both on and off the ice. Yep. But the focus here is is hockey. Right. And that is your life. Right. Yeah, it is my life. <laughs> that Absolutely. Is, that is the yeah. life. Yeah, it's perfect. Why don't you give me a little bit of background? So where are we from? You know, what where you know, where do we where where do we come from? For sure. Uh, so I'm from Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. Mm. So way up north, it's still cold here in the middle, I guess towards the end of February here. And yeah, I what I do is I'm a power skating and skills specialist there. I travel all over the world. Yep. Uh, I do a lot of stuff locally as well in different communities or in and around Medicine Hat. Yeah. So Medicine Hat is about two and a half hours southeast of Calgary, Alberta. Yep. And so, yeah, I do a lot of stuff there. I do a lot of stuff down in Montana, which is down in, into the United States. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, it's a lot of a lot of traveling worldwide. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so here to, you know, obviously add and boost the level of hockey in Australia. Correct. I mean, we, I mean, the, I guess the, the explainer here is, is that, you know, the club that I work with, yes. um, you know, has employed you effectively right. to run some programming, uh, a camp of sorts, I Correct. guess. Uh, and then on, on top of that, we, you know, we're like leveraging expertise, which has pretty, been, been pretty fun. Um, how did you get into doing this specifically? The... The, the just worldwide build, stuff well, or just, just into like moving into the world of building uh, and developing players and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I mean, back in 2009, I took my power skating course. Yeah. I, I always pride myself in being an exceptional hockey player, whether sure. it's from a skating standpoint, mostly for actually from a skating standpoint, sure. I was really a good skater. And so when I kind of left the game, I decided I still wanted to be involved into the game sure. from a different aspect. So yeah. it wasn't so much from a playing, it's now let's get into the coaching. Yeah. So I then started coaching teams mm. and I enjoyed doing that, but I'm like, no, I kind of like, right. Oh, I wouldn't say doing my own thing, but I really enjoy having that one-on-one, mm. you know, being able to do that group setting where it's really not a whole lot of politics involved, 100%. but, yep. um, you know, it's, it's essentially wanting them to, to get better. Yeah. And I enjoy seeing kids, whether it's from, you know, five years old all sure. the way up to the pros and actually see improvement. And not only does it make them feel better, but it also makes me feel better. Yeah. I, 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 it's just, you know, you kind of like to give yourself a pat on the back and be like, Hey, I could, I'm just, for me, I'm that piece of the puzzle of their grand i guess full circle of mm. being a full you know a complete hockey player yeah yeah so i did some coaching and then from there again in 2009 i took my power skating uh can power uh, so it's kind of like a national program right um and yeah became a professional power skating instructor then took the skills side of it as well mm. and kind of kind of backpacked of what what off of uh hockey canada has uh-huh. and yeah, so it's kind of putting a package deal together, and that's essentially what I do now, and I 
really enjoy it. How many countries have you done this in at this point? Uh, at this point, just four. So, I mean, yeah. obviously Canada's one. Yep. United States, I've been to China. I was in China right. last year. And yeah. now this is my third trip to, to Australia. Australia. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. What is what is China like for hockey? I mean, I... It's growing. It, yeah. it is really growing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Olympics and sure. and a lot of, you know, I'm just going to use the Los Angeles Kings. The Los Angeles Kings actually have a program oh, right. uh, that they've kind of built and developed over mm. in China to help, you know, grow the game in Beijing and Bangkok. Sure. Or not Bangkok, but in Beijing. I yeah, think Beijing. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, so the so NHL goes over there for exhibitions, and don't that's they? part yeah, of it yeah, too, yeah. right? So they I do preseason games. Yeah. And I think the the Flames and the, uh, the Vancouver Bruin. Canucks. Did the Bruins? I can't over? remember. I thought the Bruins. I thought There's Tuka went over there with a few guys for yeah, some reason, but, been, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't remember. It happens mm. so often now that yeah. they go, you know, travel the world and do preseason games. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think because of that, you know, mm. the game in China is is growing at yeah. a at a high pace, which is, which is good. That's, yeah. You know, that's what we're here to do. So yeah, so that's can, you know, build the game worldwide. So yeah, right. it would be an interesting moment if which like hockey becomes like a really big, it is an international sport, right? Like it it's a fairly high level international well, sport. And but you look at places, you know, like, you know, United Arab Emirates, sure, you know, yeah. they're doing it and, you know, just actually having connections now in Kuwait, right? you know, where they want me to come to Kuwait and do mm. some hockey programs there. And I'm like, you know, never, never in a million years would I have thought that, you know, I'd be doing, you know, traveling the world and going to these really small m hockey market places yeah. and help grow the game. And it's, it's fun. I, I yeah. really enjoy it. And it, uh, yeah, it, brings a smile to my heart yeah, i saw i saw this really interesting photo like some world's like championship game in i think it might have been united Arab Emirates. like it was like a full stadium my first reaction was how how is it that they have such a beautiful stadium in a desert uh you know and i can't even have one here in australia of that caliber i was like god damn that sucks mm -hmm. but then i was like well if it is where it is there's heaps of money and you know they'll, yeah, they'll, and invest. Yeah, they'll invest absolutely in and there's a lot of money invested in that and yeah yeah it's that's pretty cool. Yeah, do you find it's more of like expat-type expat areas that are building hockey communities where, you know, it maybe wouldn't normally exist? Like, you know, you think about, like, China, yep. you know, and, you know, Beijing and all that, a bit, bit fairly expat community. Australia, very expat. A lot of a lot of people that from, you know, other areas that play. I mean, there's obviously a very steeped in, like, a very long history of hockey here, which is an interesting one. It's been around right. a long time. It's one, right. of the, one of the earlier international like countries to play. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, at the same time, the population of hockey players is low. Um, you know, look at United Arab Emirates. I mean, again, people over there for business just want to keep playing hockey, right? Yep. Um, do you find that that's maybe more of the anchor point and like why it's kind of growing or is it because people are like countries are just legit interested in? And I, I think there is countries that are legitimately, right. legitimately interested. Uh, and, and I mean, you've got, you know, people that have either left Canada yeah. or you know, from the United States that mm -hmm. have moved on business wise or whatever. And, mm. you know, they're thinking of ways of help, yeah. you know, growing the game and want to still be involved and yeah. kind of think of it as a, as a cool idea to mm. essentially build an ice rink in pretty much the hottest part of the world know, and, right? and yeah. you know, and see what happens with it and you know what's coming out of it. And I think a lot of it has to do now with social media, mm. with, you know, being able to see stuff on the internet, mm. you, know, you can pretty much look at stuff all over the world. And essentially you could go onto YouTube now on how to build a rink. Like, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, that's true. You know, and if the money's there, you know, why not? Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, so it's very cool that way. And 
you know, as, as my, essentially my platform grows and how I'm kind of building myself as an international coach, you mm. know, you know, the opportunities now for me to go to these different places is, it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on this year. I've got a lot of people, you know, now in Thailand and mm. again, Kuwait, yeah. um, you know, these different places I'd say, Hey, like we would like to have you come in and work with us for, you know, a week, two weeks, a yeah. month. Like here's an example of, um, you know, a place down in South, uh, South Africa, mm. just outside of Johannesburg. Yeah. They only want me there for three days. Oh, right. I just wow. show up on, you know, on a Friday and you're in and you're out. Yeah. I think part of it is the fact that it's a, it's a rough part of, you know, South Africa. Right. Sure. You know, but you know, just again, it's never in a million years would I have thought that I'd be, I mean, never in a million years I would have been here in Australia. Yeah. But you know, now it's, you know, Kuwait and yeah. Thailand and, you know, all these different cool places. So Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's good to know that people are invested in the growth of hockey. Absolutely. You know, that does make me always feel good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And go back to what you're talking about when you're teaching somebody something and, you know, and you're investing that effort into their development and they, they start to succeed. I mean, it's, there's nothing more valuable I've found, you know, in my coaching experience when you get that, that kickback or somebody comes back and they might've left and kind of gone off on their little journey and come back and they're like, Oh, now I'm doing all this stuff. And you know, it's a, it's a good feeling, man. It makes you, Absolutely. it always makes you turn back up. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good side of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Like yeah, I say, yeah. it's, it's super crazy and I enjoy doing it. So yeah. as long as and this is my passion mm. and being, you know, part of my passion is being able to grow the game the way it is, mm. you know, just keep doing it and keep grinding at it. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tons of fun. So born in Medicine Hat, always there? Born and raised Medicine Hat, uh, played most of my minor hockey there. Yeah, right. And then uh, I would say about my 14, 15 year old year, I decided that I was going to move away from home. Sure. Went to the next province, which is in Saskatchewan and played, yeah. you know, a lot of my high school and, and junior hockey there. Yeah. Decided to play one year of college hockey, which sure. we, I don't know if I'd like to discuss that, uh, but essentially cool. was, cool. was... I didn't know what I wanted to do sure. with life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have a path of where I wanted to be. Yeah. So it essentially was like, well, I'll take community studies or general studies sure. and, you know, spend 30 grand to go play hockey for a year. Sure, and then yeah. it's like, oh, no, like yeah. I'd realize that, oh, man, I'm playing hockey to essentially go into debt here. I'm yeah. like, this ain't, this ain't right. So I'm like, you know what? I got to step aside. I got to figure out what I want to do. Sure. Went to a community college and took my criminal justice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So I was, uh, yeah, took policing and, yeah. and back in Medicine Hat, decided to move back home. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, then spent 13 years doing, being a traffic officer. And, right. And then there's that separation of, you know, being able to, you know, work in what I, what my work is and what my passion is. Yeah. And yeah. So and that's and always that's, tough yeah. to get a balance, right? You know, Absolutely. like, like in today's world, we, it's a funny thing where they now talk about work is just a means to an end and having your side hustle. Like uh, it's very often the case that people have a hustle of some sort. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this podcast to a certain degree is a hustle, but right. it's more of a creative hustle. I would call, call it. I'm not Absolutely. trying to necessarily make money doing this. I'm just doing it because for my creative outlet, I don't do things like this in my day job. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things. Always interesting when you get passionate about something and you, it consumes you. It's all consuming. Absolutely. You know? Um, it's always good to, to hear about people cutting over you know, finding a way to move into their, their passions. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I talk to people about, uh, you know, mindset, you know, I know you and I've talked a lot about mindset, Absolutely. um, building a mindset is I think probably one of the harder things to do because like, um, 
you know, if you think about, you know, I guess what I was just talking about with hustling, you know, and building a business or doing anything like that, absolutely. your mindset is like incredibly critical to your success, right? It's, it's like, I would say it's absolutely linked. Yes. But then if you break mindset down into anything, your application of how you look at the world and how you, you know, put perspective on things and all that really play a major factor in getting from point A to point B. Correct. Knowing that point B is just literally another point A to get to another point B. It's just this constant evolution of where you're trying to get to. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we, when, when you and I talk about hockey players and mindset, you know, it's an interesting uh, gambit, I would say, because mm -hmm. lots of people have a view of themselves and, and the troubling part with mindset is, you know, I guess when we break it into the two parts, there's the fixed mindset and then there's a growth mindset. Right. The people that kind of go, no, um, I don't know if I'm going to get much better than this. I don't know if this is the thing, uh, you know, I, I'm not that good at this, um, you know, and it's a lot about comfort and right. being in their little bubble of like, no, no, I'm just going to do this drill the way that I'm going to do it because that's what I believe I'm capable of right. where people with growth mindset, you know, generally go, no, I can be better. I'm going to push harder. You know, I'm going to skate on the edge of my capability. I'm always going to kind of keep driving. I understand there's a, you know, broader reach that I'm trying to go for and anything that I can do to help me get there kind of goes there. I know those are like complete spectral ends. Um, but it'd be interesting to kind of like considering the fact that you've actually done some substantial work. Like, I mean, I love power skating, by the way, I think yes. it's probably one of the better, techniques to learn as a player of any any um, hockey team on any hockey team but think about mindset i mean like what is the biggest you know battle you've you know you've kind of come across with people and helping them think about hockey you know and mindset well going back to your initial question about just you know what is your comfort zone mm. what i like to do as part of a power skating as, a, as an instructor is getting them out of that yeah comfort zone yeah. and you know there's a lot of drills that i do that you would never essentially do in a game oh yeah but you want to see what their threshold mm, is mm. see what makes them either tick or what makes them you know essentially fall yeah and i always say you know what if you fall that is quite all right yeah yeah you yeah. know and, and a lot of people are gonna hate me for saying this but it's kind, of, it's kind of funny and i don't know if it's just the mindset in some of the play places that i've been to but you get a person that falls and everybody taps their yeah, stick and just yeah. thinks it's thinks it's funny but to me, it's like, no, 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 no. They're doing the best that they can yeah. and they've fallen. So now what? So now that they're understanding in, you know, in their head, mm. how far can I go before I fall? Yes. So it's now, okay, now I could push my limits. I could push that inside or outside edge as long as possible mm. before that threshold of like, okay, I've fallen. I can't do yeah. it anymore. Yeah. But the more you work at it and the more that you're, your focus mm. on getting better, you're, you're essentially going to get better. Mm. And I look at some of these, you know, some people that I've worked with in the past where they're, you know, 30 plus, you know, years old sure. and they're like, I can't be a hockey player. I'm like, dude, absolutely. You, yeah. you could be 40, 50 and still learn the game. Mm. You just need to have the right mindset and mm. saying, you know, what am, what is, what am I doing it for? Mm. Is this just uh, okay, I'm going to try it and be like, if it doesn't work, I'm out. Yeah. Or do you have that mindset of going, you know, I want to push, 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 push. Sure. You know, at 30, you're not going to be an NHL hockey player, but mm. maybe you want to play, you know, on a Div 1 team or Whatever. Div, Div yeah, 4 yeah, exactly. team. Like it yeah. doesn't really matter. Be Essentially be a part of a team. Mm. So if you can, you know, if you can surround yourself with the right people that aren't going to tap their sticks yeah. and laugh at you and get 
those type of people that will kind of help guide you and help mm. support you and encourage you, you know what? Sky's the limits as, as to what you can do. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, teaching a dog old tricks. Well, no, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, I've, you know, I'm 37 years old now, 38. My birthday was just last couple of weeks That's ago. Right. A baby, a baby, a baby. I'm still a baby. I think I'll consider that. And, um, you know, like you get a, you know, you look on the internet and you see these, you know, the Pavel Barbers of the world and whatnot. And I look at his, you know, his hands and his tricks and I'm like, dude, I could not do that. Yeah. Especially at 37 years old. I cannot do that. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, it worked out that him and I were able to hang out together, uh, in Banff, Banff, Alberta, which is just an absolute beautiful place in outside of Calgary. And I think everybody probably knows where Banff, Alberta is, but, uh, so we kind of hung out and did some out, you know, ODR outdoor mm-hmm. rink stuff and just kind of watching him and going, okay, maybe I can do it. And he's yeah. teaching me. And I'm just like, now I'm to the point where I'm like, eh, I like messing around with the puck and doing yeah. flips and doing all that stuff. I'm like, I'm looking at it going, man, I wish I could, I wish I was doing that at seven eight nine and ten years old sure not at 37 so it's sure. not like I but if i go you know what screw that i you know this guy's good i can't do that what's the, what's the point yeah you, know, you never do it the game so what point then really that mindset is just you're not it's not so much that you don't want it it's just it's the why and the hows and you know well, it's, it's, it's somewhat fixed right it, yeah it, it is it to is. a certain degree yeah and so you know, now I'm just like, dude, I, I could do some of this stuff. Mm, and I'm like, mm. yeah, now I'm 37 years old practicing yeah, right? yeah. constantly. Like when I've got some open ice or, you know, we're out before a nice session, it's just yeah. like, I want work on, you yeah. know, being able to work on my hands. And, you know, because as a skills coach, I'm trying to get, make you better. Yeah. But I need to make myself better too. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and that's the, that's the beauty of what I do is I'm always pushing myself to, mm. to getting myself better and better, and better. Cause my ultimate goal at 37 years old, 38 years old, is to make the NHL. Yeah, right. I, I would love to work with an NHL team. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's a different road to get there, obviously. That is so cool, by the way. That it, is such a neat cut through, right? So, like, sorry, I, did, I, I just yeah, have to just absolutely. jump on that. <coughs> because um, that perspective of thinking about your road at 37 years old, I want to make the NHL. On the outset, you hear that and you go, oh, shit, he wants to be a player. But the reality of what you're saying is is you can see a place where you can exist inside of that dream at any point. Absolutely. Right? And that is unique in itself. Absolutely. Right? That, to me, signifies the definition of growth mindset and being able to look beyond not just where you see any capability, but look at where the opportunity lies and how I can still exist inside of something that is you know, a childhood fantasy. Absolutely. Right? Because any young kid that's a hockey player right? Dreams of the one day, you know, it should be, it should be the dream. Yes. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, and, and part of that dream is, you know, also what I do now as part of being, you know, a player agent is we ask, you know, players that at 17, 18 years old, or even mm-hmm. younger, 14 years old and be like, what's your ultimate goal? Sure. And that, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to say, they're going to say NHL. Yeah, yeah. Even though they probably at that point know that 1% make the NHL. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're going, okay, I'm 1% of just a huge yeah. swimming pool of, you know, or a big ocean of fish. Like mm. it's, you know, do I really want to mm. do that? But if you have that mindset, it's, and essentially push yourself and have that right mind, yeah. that right mindset, you're going to do it. Yeah. You could be that 1%. It's yeah. just, how are you going to get there? Yeah. You know, and it's, 
Yeah. So it's 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 all about work, right? Oh, you know? absolutely. And, and what are you willing to do to work at this to go to a place? Absolutely. Right. I think um, you know, the experiences that I've had in life, whether that be uh, sport related or work related or just anything where you have to work hard, right? Mm-hmm. It always comes down to what are you willing to do to get there, right? right? And it, I'm not talking about like, you know, sell your soul to the devil type thing. Yeah. I'm talking about productively looking at things and understanding where the gaps are and working to fill those gaps in and constantly building and striving, right? right. You think about yourself, you know, I had the same thing with the old uh, grabbing the puck, sticky puck to the stick. I don't even know what they call that, by the way. But, you know, I had the same thing. I was like, fuck, I can't do that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I got these kids around me that I'm trying to coach just dangling these pucks and juggling them around and bouncing them all over the place. And I'm just going, I can't do that. You know, these kids aren't going to take me seriously. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but I don't even know how to do this, right? right. And eventually you kind of have to figure it out and you work at some stuff. But there was a point where I was like, this, ha- this this is something that I didn't even, it wasn't even part of the game. Being able to do that wasn't part of it. Right. You know what I mean? It was just a thing. And like these kids have augmented, people have augmented the game, you know? Mm, absolutely. And so you have to stay on top of it. I think that's an interesting thing about when you're teaching, you know, you do have to hone yourself. You're constantly mm-hmm. evolving. I yep. mean, I feel like, you know, in the last two or three years of me playing hockey is probably the most I've ever understood about the game as a player mm-hmm. playing inside of it. Yes. may not be the best player, but my decision and my IQ is of a place where I feel like I'm doing playing the best version of a hockey that I can. Maybe not the same tenacity I had when I was like 18, right. but that's different. You know, Absolutely. I'm like a 42-year-old man now. Yep. But I feel like my capability is far better to like see the game, make the decisions in the game, you know, what why i was doing what i was doing mm-hmm. you know like you're kind of like just on the rails as a kid doing whatever but like in an adult mind when i process it exactly different. and when you talked about the why there and that's that's the beauty of what i do too is the fact that i can show you how mm. but it's the why and yeah. and now we're such in a in a visual world mm. especially as a younger age if kids don't if you tell a kid well this is how you do it yeah they're not going to know. They need to know the why. Sure. If they don't understand the why, mm. why is this going to apply into a game? Yeah. Why is this going to make me better? You're going to have kids that are be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do it. And that's, you know, why am I doing that? I'm not going to put the effort in because sure. I really don't know why. But if I go, hey, you know, this is the reason why this is happening in a game. And they, you know, go on YouTube or whatever it might be and mm. look at some of this mm. stuff to go, no, maybe there is a reason why. Or maybe this coach does know what he's talking sure, about and going, sure. hey, maybe I need to work on holding that inside edge a little bit longer. Sure, this yeah. is why I've got to get down nice and low and, you know, in my hockey stats, whatever it might be. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. so many different aspects of it. So it, uh, yeah, and that's the beauty of, of what we do because, again, I need to study the game as well. Mm. I'm not, yes, I consider myself a professional, Yeah, but... I'm always wanting to get better. Sure. Right. And if I'm watching YouTube videos or watching NHL.com or whatever it is and kind of going myself, mm. why? Mm. Because yes, the NHL player is doing it. Yeah. But now I've got to explain this to a 10 and 11, 12 year old. Yeah. And they're like, well, why am I doing that? Yeah. Well, this is what Kale McCarr does. This is sure. what Sidney Crosby does or McKinnon or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. Right. And then they go, oh, well, now. You know, because you got these kids that just idolize these players. Yeah. So now if they're going, well, I'm going to go watch a Sidney Crosby video. And they're like, mm. oh, coach knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, again, it's just the beauty of of what I do. And it's it's not a plateau of my work. It's mm. like, okay, I want to keep 
yeah, increasing yeah. increasing my knowledge. I want to be able to increase increase my fitness, you know, sure. ability, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's always growing. It's yeah. a growing, you know, growing venue of, of what I do. So Yeah, well it's one of the one of the markers of someone in successful people, right? They generally never stop right. learning and modifying and developing themselves, you know, in, especially when they find that passion point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, you know, you can only imagine that, you know, anybody and any anything they're trying to achieve, as soon as they stop learning, the point at which they're gonna just stop. Yeah. Right. They don't they don't get where they want to go. Exactly. Um, which is interesting in itself. The why thing is interesting. I like that. Um, I work I work with the why of things a lot. Um, you know, I mean, like my, my, my trade is building product. So, you know, fundamentally we always have to ask why, mm-hmm. uh, what, what is a motivation, you know, and breaking wow. those things Absolutely. down. Um, it'd be interesting to get your take on, you know, how do you decipher, uh, someone's ability, uh, or inability to define that for themselves and help them? I mean, you, you know, like, I'm sure there's some easy little things, but you know, like you run into people that may have the wrong why. Mm-hmm. or they don't know how to define a why so they but they're just kind of having at it and they're like oh i'm just doing it because i'm told to do it you know like there's many ways at which people kind of grapple with you know the the motivator right mm-hmm. of the why um you know do you have any, any areas well, where you and a part there? of that motivator is to that and again it goes back to the why of you know why am i having to do this drill and again, it's the beauty of that technology now where I can bring an iPhone, I can bring an iPad out here and be yeah. like, this is, this is what you look like. You know, yeah, if yeah. there's, if there's stuff that you want to correct, okay, let's take a quick video. And I've done it here for, uh, you know, a number of people and be like, okay, you know, for instance, I'm, you know, I was working with a girl there the other day, I was working on her crossovers and yeah. so I'll take a video of her crossovers. She thinks she, she's doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Let's take a video. This is how I'd like you to do it. This is the reason why make a couple of quick adjustments. Yeah. And like literally in five minutes, we're like, we completely changed yeah. the way that she's doing a, a crossover. And again, it's that, that feeling of, you know, yes, I've helped somebody out, but mm. it more so for them. Again, it's, I'm a piece of the puzzle. They've learned something. Yeah. They've, you know, grown a little bit in their game and it helps them to make, you know, it makes them feel better as well. Yeah. So yeah. Coach, yeah. coachability is a fun one. Like that, that gambit is, and, is and hilarious. Being such a coachable kid is probably the most important part of a characteristic mm. of a hockey player that we're looking for um again from an agent standpoint from a scouting standpoint mm. you know yes you've got the skill but what's in between your head yeah like, what, what what makes you tick you know what's what's your body language on the mm. ice you know what's your body language off the ice how do you treat people like yeah that probably is more important now than mm. your skill yeah Right. Because you want not only, especially from an NHL standpoint, mm. yes, you want a skilled hockey player. Mm. But if you have a bad person, do you mm. really want them on your team? Yeah. Right. And if, and when it comes to the hockey IQ stuff and, and the, you know, essentially the characteristics around of a hockey player, it's tough to judge mm. because the game is very intense. Mm. Um, you know, you don't know a background of a kid or whatnot, but it's, you know, again, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, it's, there's so many different aspects of being, like I said, being a, an all around hockey player, which, Mm. you know, that being a, you know, yes, we want to have a good hockey player, but we want to have a better person. Mm. Mm. And I, I, that's a huge focus. And some people miss that focus because I don't know. It's just, they just want to be 
really good hockey players, but yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like, you know, you watch um, great players do things. You just want to emulate it. Right. You know, I kind of fun, uh, fundamentally believe we live in a copycat culture. Mm-hmm. So if I can copy it, you know, people will just assume that I'm good at it. Right. Um, it doesn't actually mean that you're good at anything. It just means you're good at copying a thing. Right. Correct. So, and people, people can be good hockey players and copy people and all that sort of stuff. But uh, fundamentally I, I, I find the, the analogy in life is, is that, you know, a good person's going to do good things. Right. right. You know, they're not going to be bringing a lot of that baggage, that shit baggage with them. And their their motivations are very different. You know, to enjoy a thing right. takes a lot of practice. Right. Because it's very easy to live in a world where you don't enjoy a thing that you right. do. Um, you can find negative easily. You can really just pick it the shit and say, oh, you know, this is shit for this or this or this. Um, but to make the choice, the productive choice to say, no, it doesn't matter, you know, what my view of this is, what am I going to make of it, mm-hmm. right? How am I going to, one of the words that you've used uh, a fair bit that I have enjoyed since uh, I've been hanging out with you, adapt, right? Right. Being adaptable, moving with things. So we talk about coaches being adaptable, but I, I like the idea that players need to be adaptable. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, as a coach, you know, that's what I look for. You know, mm-hmm. what's your adaptability? Never labeled it that way, by the way. I just really like that you've done it that way. You have to, you have to adapt, yeah. you know, and, and I deal with such a wide range of, you know, yeah. individuals, different hockey players where I literally can have a group of pros or, you know, a group of bantam midget players, mm. you know, for an hour. And I literally have to go from that to literally playing, playing, yeah. having fun with little five, six, yeah. seven year olds. Exactly. Right. You yeah. got to adapt to it. And that's, that's the beauty of it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just think that it's a, uh, it's, it's unique that we live in this place now where, you know, I guess I was trying to kind of draw a line between the copycat culture, the ability mm-hmm. to emulate, um, I don't think that that necessarily speaks to adaptability. It doesn't necessarily speak to mindset, but what we now have the opportunity to look at at a, at a more base level of human mm-hmm. to kind of like think about, you know, what is that, what is the why of, you know, who I am as a person, right? Generally speaking, a great, you know, a good, good hockey player or a good sport or an athlete, right? Yeah. Fundamentally, you know, I think has to be a good person, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, you have to have that desire to not only, I guess it's, unless you're an individual athlete, there might be a slight little cut here. I've never coached individual athletes as such, but in team sport, you know, mm-hmm. you're part of something, you know, that, that thrill of being a, you know, in those moments with those people making memories, doing the thing, um, comes from a place of you wanting to do that. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was watching a thing the other day where, you know, I already knew the outcome of this team was going to win. It was a fitness thing. Yep. Um, but you could tell they were going to win because they were fucking loving it. Mm-hmm. And they were having the time of their lives. Like, they, yeah, they could compete really hard or whatever, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about that. The guy that was kind of like the coach of that group of these people working together was just, let's just really have a lot of fun. We know what we need to do to get there, but and we know where we want to land to do the things, but let's enjoy the shit out of this. And that's part of the culture of yeah. that, right? And and everybody brings their own aspect of team culture mm. and then a coach needs to come in and establish that team culture sure. yeah. and when they do that if you don't have team culture mm. you may have the best players in the world mm. and not succeed yeah oh yeah right and and just going back to what you were talking about with with this crossfit you these guys might be the best athletes in the world and they they know that they're quite capable of winning a gold medal or sure, you know yeah. the championship at the end but if you got bad apples Oh yeah. Guess what? It's not going to work. It falls apart. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can see it happen in real time. Uh, you know, I've seen it happen in real time. You know, mm-hmm. I've had to address these issues in teams before where I've just said, look, this, this is just sickening. You know, like you are, 
you are at odds with each other, how do you expect to go out on the ice and work together? Exactly. Um, you know, and this analogy we're talking in sport, but this is anything, mm -hmm. you know, any team based thing. And the, the one thing that I know that I've learned in my time is, is that I'm, I'm good at crafting teams, whether that be at, in a work environment, professional environment, or in a, in a, in a coaching or a sporting environment, you know, I have the ability and I've developed an ability to see what will work and what will not work based right. on human characteristics and traits, you right. know? And I find it interesting that we're, there was a time in our history where that was mandatory mm -hmm. to our survival, right? And then over time, we've obviously evolved and we've got all of our little creature comforts and right. we don't really have to work together anymore to necessarily succeed. Right. Um, but I think now more than ever, we're starting to see the, the downside of that, right? Mm -hmm. Where individuality is now showing up in team sport, right? You know, and, and you talked about you know, the fact that it doesn't matter how good you are as an individual, you know, you, your coachability, your attitude, your ability to fit in a culture. I mean, those things play heavy, um, but almost at the same, the same reason we're talking about it, it's because we actually have to combat this sort of attitude of people that go, no, I'm just really fucking good at what I, I'm a really good fucking hockey player. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be respecting me. Um, you know, and you, you talk about, you know, I would definitely classify that as a level of entitlement, um, which is a very much a thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, entitlement is a thing now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, how do you deal with things like that, you know, considering the breadth of the work that you do in the sort of this hockey? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit different for me because I'm more so from a skills perspective. Sure. I don't really, you know, I'm not yeah, involved team, into yeah, a coaching, team. Yeah. However, I think it's very important for coaches mm. to, you know, set that standard right from the get-go. Mm. And especially from a young age, you know, if you're coaching kids anywhere from like, you know, 10 to 18 yeah. years old, yeah. where you need to establish that culture. This is what, this is how things are going to run. You don't run it into a dictatorship, but mm. you know, you, you do team events, blah, 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 blah. So you get to know each other, you know, and then from there it's Kate, you know, it's simple stuff, simple stuff as I don't want cell phones in the dressing room. Yeah. 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 Kids at 16 years old are going, why? Yeah. Well, there's ramifications. There's there's yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah, of reasons lot of why reasons, I don't yeah. want you, you know, having a cell phone in the you know, you know, in the dressing room. And then from an on ice standpoint, it's okay. This is what I'm asking of you as mm -hmm. an individual. This is our culture. We are going to stop on pucks. We're going to be first on puck. We're going to be you know always winning battles along yeah. the wall, whatever it might be. Mm. And so now you're creating that mindset mm. with these players, and if they buy into it sky's the limits yeah if you got players that don't buy into it because of ego and character and whatever else yeah. you're just you know it's a recipe for disaster mm. really mm. so if if you can have that culture being built mm. okay now what happens if so here's an example you know i sort of work with a with a peewee you know elite team back at home and what they do is part of their culture is, you know, we sit down and be like, okay, what's going to define us as a team? Yeah. You know, we're going to be yeah. relentless. We're going to be hardworking, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, all these, you know, all these words that are going to describe us as a team. So mm -hmm. then what we did as a coaching staff is we put these words together and built a sentence or yeah. built a paragraph. And in that paragraph, you know, this is, okay, we are so-and-so team that we are going to be the most relentless, hardworking team, and we're going to be the most respectful, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So now what happens then is now there's an accountability. Mm -hmm. We have that on the back of our coach's board, and the mm -hmm. kids see that every single day. Yeah. And 
Now, what happens to that player if they go outside of that? What if they aren't respectful? What mm. if what if they aren't putting in the effort? What are you know? What happens if they break a rule, right? Mm-hmm. And it's again, it all comes back to that team culture. What is the ramifications? What is the? How are you going to discipline them? Yeah, you know. And it's now we're kind of in that world that you know we don't want to be soft on these kids, but yeah. yet we don't want to be hard because now it's like you know I hate calling kids i hate using the word soft it's uh it's i don't know what the actual word is for it but you know they get it you know they i i think i think yeah you know you don't want to single them out yeah because then they're, you know, we've got now mental illness. That's been yeah, a yeah. huge issue. Yeah, that isolation, you know, that stuff. isolation yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And it's like, okay, it's this is all still part of mm. that team environment. Mm. But at the same time, too, you have to be accountable to your team. Yeah. And I think if you're being accountable to your team, that brings your team together. Like, not only do you have to be mindful of, yeah. okay, well, I probably shouldn't do this because this is what the result's going to be. Mm. And the result is, from our standpoint, is hey. What I need you to do, you broke this rule. Mm. We would like you to come into the dressing room next practice mm. and apologize. Yeah. That's all you have to do. We're not going to bag skate you. We're not going to just say, hey, I broke this rule. Mm. I apologize. Move forward. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not, nothing that we need to, you know, harp over and, and drag it on that, you know, this person. No, it's done. It's done. Yeah. You know, let's move on. We're back to that team, team focus. And that's the thing is, too, mm. is yes. Yes, there's that discipline, but now mm. let's bring them back to the vision. Yeah, yeah. What is the vision of your team? Well, our, mm. your ultimate goal is to win a championship. Yeah. But now, from a team culture standpoint, we got to get from A to A to Z or A yeah. to right. So it's that process mm. of building that team culture and maintaining that team culture that will eventually, down the road, win you mm. a championship. Mm. So. You know, I I love I love that part of yeah, coaching, yeah, but yeah. at the same time too, it's it is uh, painful. It is, yeah, yeah, it it's is very painful. painful. Yeah, it's tough. It, it's tough to manage it too, even at all ages, right? Even in in an adult level, absolutely. Um, because you don't you don't want to babysit them, no, right? No. And, and you don't want to be that coach that has to sit in the dressing room and watch every single move, mm. because then you don't trust your players. Yeah, and that goes and two that ways. That goes. Yeah, you, absolutely yeah, yeah, you yeah. got a coach that doesn't trust us mm. you ha- we don't trust him that's right yeah. right and, and again that's just mm. and it doesn't know. speak to accountability right. right and i think that's the thing you know uh for lack of really getting too weird about all this stuff you know we are over the top with the way at which we almost parent kids these days mm-hmm. because you know they don't have to necessarily be as accountable for the, the the things we were talking about before around that sort of mental health and the isolation stuff you know there's a number of things that parents now have that do and i know i'm stereotyping and and whoever listens to this may get shitty about it but the point being is is that you know if as a human you haven't been held accountable you know, you you in life will never get where you need to go, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so we have to somehow balance the act of being a parent, but also getting two-way respect with your kids and showing them that you must be accountable and there are ramifications Absolutely. to that. Absolutely, and there's always that saying that you got to be hard on them. Yeah. Because yeah. life is going to be hard. Once you move yeah. out of the house and you're off in the w- real world, it's going to be hard. Oh, and, yeah. And that's the beauty of sport. Right. Yeah. Right. You learn how to, you know, you learn about yourself. You learn about what you 
can do as an individual. Mm-hmm. How do you work in a team environment? Yeah. There's so many different, you know, bonuses of being a part of sport. That's mm. just, you know, it's more about life yeah. than actually playing hockey for any six, one thing, right? Or, yeah, or, yeah, 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 right? Any like one team or anything, yeah. So, you know, hockey only lasts you so far, mm. right? I mean, sure, you could go play beer league and whatnot, yeah. and beer, be a beer league hockey player and just go out and have fun. Mm. But beyond hockey, mm. there's life. Mm. And hockey's such a, such a teacher, Yeah, right? It, you know, it teaches, you know, teaches us such life skills Mm. and you know it's it is right you go through you know just kind of like life Mm. you go through your ups and downs yeah i do it as a coach right you know i try to try and build a business and Mm. you go oh things are working great i'm right up at the top of my you know top of the peak i'm right at the top of the mountain and then something happens it's like oh my goodness i don't want to do this anymore yeah 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 yeah, right and then you go back up and you know you've got that that wave of you know, highs and lows, mm. but guess what? I did that from the age of five yeah, yeah, all the way to playing college hockey. Mm. And it's like, you know, this is, it's life, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I could have said, no, I'm done being a power skating instructor. This is mm. not working for me. Mm. You know, where am I actually going with this? Blah, blah, blah. blah. But I'm like, no, nah, like the amount of teams that we were 24 and oh, mm. it's, you got your highs and then you're, Oh, and 24 is like, yeah. oh my goodness, I don't want to yeah. play hockey anymore. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's the beauty of sport, right? Yeah. And and ultimately what you come out of it is is that life skill. Mm. So I think we kind of just kind of <laughs> went off on a tangent there. No, but that's no, okay. no. But I but mean, I good. think that's kind of part of it. You know what I mean? Like anything, come, everything comes down to mindset. Mm-hmm. And it is exactly what we were kind of opened up with. You know, your, your ability to look at life and the pattern, the ups and downs of life, and your ability to be adaptable in your life reflects across the board, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's sport, a job, or being a kid. You know, you fundamentally need to be able to go with it. I mean, one of the things I say to my kids all the time is don't rush becoming an adult. No. Do not get there too fast because it sucks mm-hmm. when you become an adult. Absolutely. They don't they lie to you your entire childhood about what it's going to be like when you get older. They, you know, like being an American uh, in growing up in the States, it was the biggest lie that it was ever told to me beyond right. all the other lies that your parents tell you along the way, yep. you know, is that you, if you work hard, you can become anything you want. And it's like, that is bullshit. I mean, it's true, but it's bullshit too. Cause it ain't fucking easy to do it. Right. You know, and at any point in time, somebody can just come over the top of you and fuck you over, yep. you know, so you have to deal with life. You yep, have absolutely. to be able to take life on. You know, I like that you just said hockey was, is an analogy, uh, for, you know, for, for life as well. I mean, like, I played I played ice hockey from quite a young age, not mm-hmm. uh, not mice, but like squirts age, right. and then but I played soccer uh, as well, and you know it's one of those things where you know l- winning and losing, right, and how you perceive those things is I think one of the you know most detrimental skills you can learn. Right? Absolutely, yeah. the most successful people in the world, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you call out, have failed many times and learned how to fail well, Absolutely. and continue to build back up from that. Right. The people that fail and then go fuck it, I'm out. You know, uh, are the ones that generally become less successful over time or disgruntled or move into the other category of like, you know, oh well, I'm gonna have to go do this somewhere else, but we'll just take the same dramatic baggage into whatever they move into and then continue to not succeed in the things that they want and wonder why. Right. Right. Um, you know, so, so yes, whilst we went on a tangent, it is mindset. It always comes back to your ability to constantly evolve the way you think to work your, your, your main muscle, which is your brain and continue to put the correct parameters in place to kind of go, you know, 
well, what, what didn't go well? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to do as an individual to modify? What changes do I need to make? Right. Because at the end of the day, it, it just comes down to where you're at. Absolutely. Right? In that moment, in that time, and what you can do next with it all. Because you can't, you can't change the past. No. Right? And, and if if you look at it and go, no, nah, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Right? Like That's, that's your mindset in the now. Mm. But it's, what can you do in the future that... Mm essentially can make you or break you as a person. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah 100%. If you don't continue on, you can literally go from having an, a successful business to, if you go, t- I'm out. Yeah. Right? This just ain't working for me. You're not living on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, you, you don't, you just don't want to do that. You want mm. that to happen to you. So mm. you don't want that to happen to anybody. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, yeah, that's the fun part about coaching kids. I think you know is that you're helping them create some of these parameters. You know, absolutely. Um, some kids really are really enjoy that. You know, they really like to be told. You know, I like to tell uh, certain kids. You know, hey, I like the fact. I'm go back to falling down on the ice. Mm-hmm. I like it when you fall down on the ice. Mm-hmm. It shows me that you're willing to push it beyond the edge. Absolutely. Because then I know you as a player are going to always commit to it, and you're going to learn where your threshold is, your line. Yeah. You know, and I know that I can push you there. It gives me an indicator of what we can do together yeah. as a coach and as a player. And then I now also understand how others will perceive you and go with you on that journey, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, you're kind of getting to the point of like leadership, right? You know, and finding those leaders and, and working with people that have those skills. I mean, I, I actually find the thing I bring up in these podcasts all the time. I think leadership's a dying art. I don't really think people do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think people misconstrue what leadership is with confidence. And I don't think a confident person necessarily is a leader, a leader at absolutely. all. 100%. Um, leaders also have to have the correct mindset and the ability to be wrong and to do all these things. Coaches are, you know, in my book, generally leaders. Yep. Um, or if they're doing it well, they're they're leaders. They're exhibiting leadership qualities right. um, in, any, in any capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And taking someone on a journey and leading them down the path to going from point A to point B is a critical thing. I just don't think people do it well anymore. Absolutely. And what, you know, leadership as, as a whole is, you know, people have that, that idea that leadership is a, you know, a skill that you've kind of established that, you know, it's part of who you are Yeah. and it's not a grown trait. Yeah. I'm like, no, like leadership happens you know, all the time, mm. you know, how you step up to the plate on certain projects, whether mm-hmm. it's in, you know, business or yeah. school or whatever it might be, you're essentially developing yourself as a leader. Mm. If you're just going to sit back and, you know, be comfortable, yeah. you're, you're not going to essentially grow as a leader. Mm. And, you know, if, oh, he's going to really love me on this mm. one, but, you know, I have a, um, there's a, a gentleman, an author named J.B. Spizo, and he's got a book called Leadership, The, mm. the Warrior Leadership. Right. Just amazing book, mm. right? I think I've read that book maybe three or four times, and I just picked it up probably, well, I think it would have been about October. And I think I've passed it around, mm. you know, with other successful leaders, and they're like, wow, this is such, you know, such a different, you know, outtake of what leadership mm. is. Um, he used to be a high-ranking U.S. U.S. Army yeah, he was in the U.S. Army. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, um, you know, and now he works with, you know, hockey teams and NFL sure. teams yep. and whatever it might be. And some great stories there. He's actually on a, on a different podcast with uh, with Spit and Chicklets. So oh, that was, right, that's right. kind of first how I, yeah. I learned about him. But 
since then. It's just like, and, and it's funny because him and now, him and I now go back and forth on Instagram and, yeah, sure. you know, so it's kind of developing that, you know, relationship with him, but you know, it's leadership again can be a built trait, yeah. you know, as, as you, you know, grow older as, mm. you know, whether it's an athlete or in business or, you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, and again, sport helps with that, mm. right? I mean, you can, you find leaders all the time and it's, mm. and you're absolutely right. You know, if a, you can be, I wouldn't say arrogance, mm. but you, you know, someone that comes across as a very, not arrogant person, but someone that's like right just up super there, confident, just super yeah. confident yeah. And, and whatnot. And you're absolutely right. You know, a super confident person doesn't necessarily mean that you're a leader, mm. right? And, uh, you know, we talk about from a hockey standpoint, there are different ki- mm. types of leaders. There's the leaders that are very vocal mm. and leaders that lead by example. Mm. And so there's different different ways to, to you know, to lead a group or whatever mm. it might be. And it's... Yeah. Yeah, but I like the, the idea that it's a trade. Something oh, that you must, you must build over time. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> I often think about what when I play hockey, right? I think about people and what they do on the bench, right. right? And the decisions they're making, right? Or if I'm a coach and I'm watching what they're doing on the bench, you can tell a lot about an individual's ability to, you know, have aspects of that trait. You right. know, do they lead by example or do they lead through communication? You know, and they all will develop this over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know this in myself because I've seen both the up and the downside of what I've done on the bench or in the work environment and how that plays out. Yeah. So I look for that in others, you yeah. know, because I think it's often a thing where people are now more scared. You think about the internet and the way that the whole thing works now. People are very scared to say what's on their mind or to to speak out yeah. for fear of being, you know, shit on basically, yeah. um, you know, for having an opinion. You know, it's a yeah. dangerous gambit now to have an opinion, um, you know, and I'm noticing it, you know, from a younger age, kids are less likely to say the things that they want to say or to do the things that they want to do specifically for fear of that, you know, group thought coming down on you. Absolutely. And you look at from a social media standpoint Mm. where, you know, people will, you know, point their or make a meme of what their point of view is or their opinion. Mm. And now you got like a hundred or so different comments just getting absolutely roasted on essentially going against everything that you're, that you believe in or yeah, that's yeah. that's your opinion yeah and then it's just like and then you i, I wouldn't say that's a leading cause but of mental illness but mm. you know if you're always self-doubting yourself because you have you're reading a hundred different negative comments on yeah, yeah. what your opinion is mm. then you know yeah. it's it's a tough it's it's yeah. so tough it's it's but i guess that's the world that we live in now mm. unfortunately but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it, it's one of those things where it's still very infantile, right? This oh, whole absolutely. the whole internet and this whole thing is still in. It's like if you really to, to measure it on age, it's a baby. It's literally 100%. a baby. We're yep. all living off of something that's generally a baby in its existence. Yep. So in time, these things will become will become more resilient. We'll become desensitized to shitty trolls and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, yep. like you know, there's a lot of things coming in through the government around you know, platforms having to manage these things. So I think over time we'll see a more regulated thing, which will probably just neuter the heck out of good memes. And mm-hmm. we, you know, before you know it, we won't have anything funny on the internet anymore. It'll just be the tool that they want it to be so they can make their money. Yep. Um, but I, I, I guess thing, I kind of digress a little bit, but I think it's an interesting, you know, effect where people are now self, you know, editing, you know, and not saying the things that they want 
to say or or representing what they truly feel, um, you know, for fear of the ramification because mm-hmm. we're now kind of it's getting ingrained in you. Yeah. Careful what you say, careful what you do. Don't put that out on the internet. You know, be careful all this sort of stuff um, because that can come back to get you. Yeah. You know, which is a really interesting thing because things now can be living on the shelf for a long period of time. You know, um, but yeah, I think that that's an that that has an effect on you know, people's mindsets. And I think very much so. I think that that plays out, you know, people will sit there and stick to the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of comes back though to what we're talking about with mindset. It's a choice, you know, mm-hmm. it's a choice to, to, to read negative commentary, you know, as an example, you don't have to, uh, it's also a choice how you will then perceive that comment, uh, and then place that comment into your sort of agreeable factoring, you know, of like, all right, well, is it a good or a bad thing? Do right. I care or not? Um, you know, having a level of resilience is, you know, or, or confidence in that regard is pretty important. You need to be confident in yourself enough to kind of go, well, you know, yes, people don't like what I have to say, but is this going to change who I am as an individual? Absolutely. You know, and the same thing will go in a sporting environment, right? You need you, the, 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 the funnest part of team sport is the camaraderie. I find, mm-hmm. you know, the, the group, the ability to kind of all lean on each other and, you know, in a really weird analogy, it's a family, right? Absolutely. Yep. So you you know more about you know each other for the most part than you do about a lot of people because you kind of spend all this time together. You're talking shit. You're doing your stuff. You know you're getting amongst some of the drama that is going on because people yep. bring that stuff into the locker room. Yep. You know in any team sport, I mean that's where you do learn a lot of life. You mm-hmm. know you get that in you know that barometer of like all right, well you know what is acceptable, what isn't, and yep. things like that. Um, you know so yeah, it's it's a it's a funny thing being able to modify your mindset over your life, build a perspective. And then start to learn where the dials are mm-hmm. and, and being able to tune these things and become, you know, the confident person who can then learn traits and be helpful to other people. Um, you know, I guess I'm talking about a utopia at this point, but uh, it would be nice. I would love to live in a world where people are more cognizant of what their effect is uh, and who they're going, you know, going to influence and be, you know, part of than mm-hmm. more of this sort of narcissism that seems to be seeping through our culture of like, you know, well, what's in it for me? What am I going to get from this situation? That doesn't help me, you yeah. know, and that, you know, sort of is a virus that's uh, seemingly taking over. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. That's a real downer. <coughs> anyway. Yeah, man. Well, hey, dude, this is awesome. Did you enjoy the podcast? I enjoyed this. Yeah. Is this, I mean, this is my first podcast. Yeah. So, we're good. so you were comfortable with it. It wasn't too. I the candle. That wasn't. You're not intimidating at all. No, no the candles were nice. <laughs> exactly. I, I wined and dined you well, prior. Yeah, we had a coffee. Absolutely. Well, that's good. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Perfect. Thank you. And ha- you know, it's nice having me. And looking forward to coming back again next year. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, it's exciting times here. I, I love you know, and the reason why I'm here is I love seeing the the game grow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's, it's again. It's super crazy that you know you're playing hockey in in Australia, but mm. it's growing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's and it's continually growing. evolving. And you know, it may not be to where we're at for, in Canada per mm. se, but what's the mindset? Yeah, you know, yeah. if your mindset is to get to that level, mm. right? You know, and kind of, you know, be a part of, you know, a, a ice hockey culture mm. you know mm. you, you gotta you gotta start from somewhere yeah yeah you, you have to start from somewhere gotta so, build it up. but uh yep uh, i really enjoy it and thanks for thanks for having me cheers buddy thanks so there you go justin scott another uh, hockey podcast type uh, interview but uh, nevertheless a lot to be thought about inside of all that you know you think about teams 
think about what it means to be a part of a team uh, in any context, uh, who you are in that team, your contribution, the way that you enter into scenarios, the way that you lead by example, the way that, you know, what you do and how you do it matters, right? You know, your family is a team, your partnership with um, a girlfriend's or boyfriend or better half's a team. It doesn't really matter what you're getting into. You know, you're, you're in teams, teaming, you're teaming. It's actually a thing. And uh, people have different personality types and I get that everybody has their own role and, you know, you're going to break it down in different ways. But if anything, uh, you know, there is an impact to, uh, you know, learning how to be a part of things and learning how to participate in those things. And, and sport's a great way of, you know, learning that from a young age. Um, that's not to say that, you know, you can't learn these things without sport, but sport's a great catalyst for that stuff. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, the one thing I know that I'm looking for when it comes to individuals and people and, and what it, you know, all comes down to is, you know, how, how do we work together? You know, how do we operate as in groups of, you know, or in teams and, you know, what is it can, you know, we do to, you know, be better at that so that we can you know get what we want from it. Cause at the end of the day, we're all just trying to get home for dinner to be with our families or, you know, we're all just trying to do what we got to do to get by. And, you know, at the, at, at that point in time, which you can get the most out of it, you're going to keep showing up and doing it again. And everybody is going to enjoy that journey. So, uh, yeah, that's this week's, uh, unplug yourself, a uh, big shout out to everybody who listens and, uh, you know, pass it on to some people. Let's do some influencing things. You know, if there's an episode you liked, pass it on to somebody, you know, do a write in, let me know, you know, I appreciate people reaching out all the time and letting me know what they think. So, uh, yeah, do, do pass it on. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody.